I wonder, have you ever felt trapped by life? You know, as a long time pastor, people talk to me about being trapped. Uh, they'll say, I, you know, when I'm trapped in a relationship, they, they just can't seem to get out of it. Or I feel trapped in a job and I hate it. Or, you know, I, I'm trapped in my body and I, and I don't feel good about it. Just trapped, which for me, makes our topic today so intriguing. On today's episode of God Size Living, I, I want to explore what I'm going to call the tension or interplay that exists between being trapped, and I mean literally just stuck, without power to change what's happening in our lives, versus what it means to posture ourselves as defeated or, or as a victim. Uh, Dr. Andy Stanley, in his uh, latest message, Paper Walls, is poignant. In expressing it this way, he says, when we assume the place of a victim, we place ourselves uh, into a trap. We become the force that traps ourselves. Now, as we look at this topic today, I want to return to a section of the book of Daniel that I, I personally believe is helpful toward making a distinction between those times that I really am trapped and those times when I really just need to get out of my own way. I'll tell you what got me thinking about this uh, is a day back in June of 1991. Uh, for some of us, that was just, just, just another day, uh, June 10th, 1991, a day that came and went, just like it was supposed to for an 11-year-old girl who was walking to a bus stop that she walked to every day, her name is J.C. Dugard. How many of you remember her story? Uh, it came out of Myers, California, the news that a little girl had been abducted. Today we'd call it an Amber Alert. They don't, they don't have, or they didn't have those back in 1991. But remember with me what happened. Uh, days became weeks, weeks became months, months became years. Uh, at first, you know, search teams engaged in an all-out search, but People only search so long before admitting the need to take another approach, a long-term approach that would endure for 18 years. Think about this. For 18 years, almost two decades of life, J.C. Dugard was trapped. In her book, it's titled A Stolen Life, J.C. wrote and talked about what it meant for her to be trapped for that long. And not just trapped, but throughout that entire period abused in ways that are incomprehensible uh, to those who hear her story. And I, I'll tell you, if you've never read the book, it's hard. It's a hard one to read, but it's helpful. Her, her story paints a picture of what it means to feel completely powerless. It gives some insight into to how that powerless feeling just impacts us emotionally, psychologically, even at physical levels. All of which kind of bring us back to the question, is there a place today, I want you to think about this, in your life where you feel trapped? And if so, what, what is it doing inside of you, psychologically, emotionally, physically? Well, and let's just ask this question, are, are you really trapped? Are you as powerless as you feel or are you perhaps part of your own trap. Here's why I ask these questions. I, I think they're part of Daniel's story. I want to turn uh, back in our, our text today to verses 16 to 20 in chapter 6 of Daniel today. And as we do, uh, I want to notice there's a lot of stuckness going on, that sense of being trapped and without power. 
But I also want you to notice a couple of twists that go on in this story that, again, force us to look at or differentiate between what it means to be trapped versus what it means to become trapped by our own thoughts and emotions. As we turn to uh, this section to Daniel 6, I, I want to begin by recognizing with you that from the very beginning of this story, there's been a sense in which this idea of being trapped, it, it's always been present. I, I think we've lived with this throughout this journey so far. Uh, ne- never lose sight of this. Daniel's a young man who was abducted from his home. I sometimes wonder, what would a conversation between Daniel and a J.C. Dugard sound like? You know why? Because unlike myself, Daniel knows. He knows what it means to lose everything, to lose everyone you've ever known. He knows what it means to have your dreams, hopes, and aspirations all die in an instant. And don't sugarcoat this. Daniel and J.C. Dugard could talk long into the night about what it means to, to be trapped. What it does to your mind and your emotions and your spirit. Daniel was a victim, but here's my question. Did he live like one? This is, is, to me, where Daniel's story becomes powerful. You know why? Because the answer is no. As you read the entirety of Daniel's story, there's never a time when he lives in or gives in to a state of just just powerlessness. He may be at one level a victim. I mean, that's true. But he never lives as one. You know why? Because he's always able to see himself through the perspective of God's story. He doesn't live in a way that becomes trapped within his immediate circumstances, but instead he's living above them. And get ready for this twist. When you read this story, he is the most free person in it. Daniel, not the Persian court, not the Persian king, not the lion handlers, is the one who's come to discover the way out of the trap. I think we see this in the section of Daniel in front of us today. Again, we're looking at uh, chapter 6, verses um, 16 to 21. I want to pray about this, and then let's read these verses. And as we read them, I want you to notice in particular the contrast between the king of Persia, Cyrus, and Daniel. So I'm in verse 16. It reads as follows. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him. He couldn't sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Listen to this in verse 21. Daniel answered, O king, live forever. Now, there's three things that I hope caught your attention as we read these words. First, did you notice how, in a subtle way, this scene points us towards the death and resurrection of Jesus? You have to kind of listen for it, but it's here. Just look at the verses again. When Daniel's cast into the lion's den, a stone is rolled in front of it, effectively creating what? A tomb. 
You have to thank Jesus. Not, not only this, but notice the king seals the tomb with his signet ring. It's an, it's an authority issue. By, by whose authority is this man condemned by the authority of the king? You know, the same thing is true of Jesus. Uh, apart from the authority of God, no, no human being had the power to put Jesus to death. He was delivered to death and into the tomb under the authority of God, who had made a promise to mankind in a garden to send his son to die for us, to escape the greatest trap on earth, death, that it might lose its power over us. You have to see Jesus here. Look at verse 19. What does it say? Then at the break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. Let me ask you this. The women who found Jesus alive and well on the first Easter, what time of day did they make their way to the tomb? Same, same time. It's the break of day. You, you cannot read this section of Daniel and not see Jesus, not see Easter, the power of God over what seems like hopelessness. Secondly, notice the demeanor of the king. And I, I think he's this critical character, uh, in, particularly in this section of Daniel. He's a pagan king. Um, he hasn't known Daniel long, but he, but he has, in a short period of time, come to care for him and care deeply. Throughout this entire event, the king has felt trapped by his own words. He cannot see a way out of the trap that had been set for him, the trap created by himself when he issued the order not to pray to any other than himself. Notice how his traps impacted him. He's physically affected, can't sleep the entire night. He's affected emotionally and psychologically. In fact, verse 20 uses the word anguish. The king cries out in anguish. I, I, I love this. The Aramaic word here is atsab. Literally, it means he is afflicted. It's the cry of someone in mental anguish. He's trapped. But what about Daniel? It's the third thing I want you to notice about uh, this story from beginning to end. What's, what's Daniel's posture? Is he in anguish? He's not. He's trapped. There's no doubt about that. But, but I'm telling you, he's the most free person in this entire story. You know why? Because he's not living under his circumstance. He's living above it. In fact, the only anguish that Daniel feels is an anguish for the king himself. He desires that the king become free, along with all of his, his condemners. Bottom, bottom line, Daniel wants them to know the freedom that they can have in Jesus. Just look one more, more time with me at verse 21. It reads, Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Know this. Most people, when they said this to a king, meant what? Blah, 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 blah. It's just a greeting. King, live forever. It's an expectation. Kind of like our, our greetings. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. They didn't mean anything. Daniel, when he spoke these words, he meant them. He cared about the king. Oh, king, live forever. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you, king, not I, are stuck in a trap. It's called sin and disbelief. I, I may look trapped, but I've never been more free. And it's what I want for you. I want freedom. Oh, king, live forever. Here's what happens, I think, when you read this story. You really do begin to get a glimpse into the tension that occurs in our lives. It's kind of a tension between finding ourselves stuck or trapped versus knowing what it means to live above our circumstances. It's a tension that points us to what it means to find freedom in the greater story of our God.
You know, this made me think a little bit about an um, uh, individual by the name of Bear Grylls. I think some of you know him from the uh, television series Man vs. Wild. Uh, recently, Bear released a devotional. If you haven't gotten it, it's a great devotional. It's called Soul Fuel, uh, 365-day devotional. What, I, what I've always loved about Bear was a series that he did back in 2013 titled Escape from Hell. And if you remember that, Escape from Hell. And, and in that particular series, uh, he actually uh, visits uh, groups of individuals who were stuck in, in, in positions where there seemed to be absolutely no way out. And uh, as you kind of go through each of the episodes in this particular series, um, these are groups of people who are, who are just survivalists. Each of them finds a way out of the trap that they're in. And I was thinking about Bear and just reminded that there, there's some questions that have to be answered as you look at this section of Daniel. Uh, let's just kind of kind of walk through these together. I wonder, is there a place where you feel trapped in life? I think sometimes we are. We're trapped. Uh, we're not different than someone stuck in a crevice on the side of a mountain with zero wiggle room and an impending storm moving in. It's not a mountain, but maybe it's an unhealthy relationship. We're stuck in it. Can't see a way out. It could be something as terrifying as a cancer diagnosis. Multiple attempts to stop the disease haven't worked. Depression can be a formidable trap. You know, I mean, people tell us just snap out of it or pop a pill. You'll get better, but, but we don't. It could be that the hell you want to escape from is a job that you hate, but you need the money. And the truth is, I could go on and on. In our fallen world, things get sticky. There's just traps we fall into. We can't see a way out of them. But does that mean that God calls us to live as victims? No, never. When you assume the posture of victim, you allow your circumstances to win. You might as well be making the statement, you know what, my God is not big enough. He's not big enough to overcome this trap that I'm stuck in. When we become victims, we become less than what we're made to be. And what I love about the story of Daniel, what makes it so powerful, is it's a story about a faith that's able to say, not I will follow God if, you know, if he takes the cancer away, if he gets me out of this job, if he gets me out of this depression. But it's a faith that proclaims even if, even if there's no escape from the hell that I'm in, I trust a God that's bigger than circumstances, whose promise is life. Does it make this circumstance easier? Probably not. But does it bring hope? Absolutely. I think it's what separated Daniel from the king. Daniel knew the promises of God, and he knew that no matter what, even if on that day lions tore him limb for limb, there was meaning, and there was purpose in what God was doing. And he knew that for him, life, there was life ahead. O king, O king, my prayer for you is that you would live forever. I want, I want to close today by leaving you with an assignment. I'm going to ask you to do something this week. First, I'm going to ask you to answer the question as honestly as you can. Just think about it this week. Is there a place in your life where you feel trapped? Second, be as honest with yourself as you can. Are you truly trapped? Are you? Or have you allowed yourself to become stuck in a victim posture? Are you allowing the circumstance to win? 
Are you giving it too much room in your life? Lastly, I want you to go back through and read this section of Daniel, chapter 6, 16 to 21. What, what would it look like to be set free from that place that you feel trapped right now? Is God calling you to make a change in your life? Is he calling you to embrace an even if perspective? Is he leading you to a place where, where you acknowledge, you know what, I'm, I'm trapped. There's not a way out. But I'm going to live above this circumstance. Let me tell you, it's a huge blessing to have you with me on this podcast. And I pray that the content's helpful to you or at least stirs something inside of you. If you find it to be a blessing, I'm just ask you to share it with someone that you know. So that's it for this week. I want you to know I continue each week to pray for you and your family. And I, I do. I honestly thank you so much for your prayers for me. I feel them. Keep them coming. So until next time, have a God-sized week.